Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo4j, and I'm super, 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 super happy to be on this uh, graph value quest with my partner in crime, Stefan. Hi Stefan, how are you? That was a drum roll that you all requested in the previous episode's comments. Uh, it was me beatboxing. Uh, let's make sure that that never happened again. Um, <laughs> it was painful. It. it was annoying, but I am happy to be here. Uh, seeing the end of the line uh, or the beginning of a new journey, maybe. I know. I know. So, yeah, this is um, the fifth episode in and in a, in a final episode, I think, uh, in this uh, series that me and Stefan were trying to develop to try and help our graph community to better understand, better develop, better communicate the value of graphs. Um, it's a bit of, bit of an uh, interesting set of uh, material that we've put together, by no means scientific, but it's been a great uh, journey so far. Um, so we talked about, you know, how do we, um, why are we doing this, first of all? In the first episode, we created a little bit of a map and with some techniques to find the, the graphiest use case. We talked about, you know, how you build the case, you know, some techniques to build the value case in, in actual fact. And in the last episode, we talked about, you know, some of the presentation techniques that you might be able to use to communicate that value case. And so now, and I've got a frog in my throat, that's great. Um, that's great. So let's uh, talk a little bit so the frog can turn into a prince. Uh, are you good to talk now, Rick? Or should I just keep talking? Uh, by now, Rick is already dead. So I'm going to pretend to be Rick. Hello, this is Rick Van Bruggen. Oh, hello, Rick. How are you? I have a frog. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. Very good. Uh, we should yeah. of course cut that out, but we won't, yeah, because no. it's all about putting it out there. So, Damn it. Um, so no, what we're going to do in this episode, uh, when the frog uh, disappears, is is to kind of wrap it all up by by talking a little bit about you know, okay, so if we have this fantastic graph value case, if we've got this fantastic graphy idea, and we have you know, put the, the numbers together to articulate that, the greatness of that idea. And we have communicated that, we have presented that to our different stakeholders. Then the most important thing and the final thing that we absolutely, absolutely need to do is to make sure that that value materializes, right? Exactly. Uh, it, it, it would be such a shame if we did all that work and then have it all uh, fall apart. Right. Yeah, it, it's like this old kind of, you know, uh, quote, uh, miscredited to uh, Yogi Berra very often. Uh, in theory, there is no difference between theory and practice. In practice, there actually is, right? And I think this is a good reminder, right? Just because you sold it doesn't mean it's done, right? Because mm. you will eventually learn that some things actually needs to change uh, and so on. So. Super interesting. Let's uh, see how we actually make it into an actual valuable yeah. graph project. Yeah, that's 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 the thing, right? So theoretical value has no value, right? We need to actually make it happen. And so that means that we have to translate it into some kind of a project. I mean, these things don't automatically uh, appear from one day to the other. We need to run a little bit of a project. It doesn't have to be a huge project, but it has to be some kind of a you know project usually. Um, and 
if we want to maximize our chances of success for that project, I think structuring it the right way is crucially important. You know, so my question to you, Stefan, is, and I bumped into my headset there. Uh, my question to you is, you know, what what do you think are some of the key things that we should be doing to to structure the graph project in the right way? Yeah, I think uh, always, like as we talked about value, very, very quickly, right? And uh, use tools for demonstrating that. It doesn't have to be a finished solution. And there is this uh, very good quote that I pick up from Baba at Stanford uh, about prototyping, right? So if you build a polished prototype, others will see flaws. If you build a rough prototype, others will see potential. And this is a good reminder that if you're not keeping the people in the loop, and present the final thing. Maybe it's the final thing to the wrong problem that they are not interested to have have been solved. So don't wait until the last second, but really take people into consideration in the in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Start small uh, and then kind of expand and traverse out from there because that will take you to places you didn't know that you wanted to go to, which is the whole idea of the graph, right? You, you have more knowledge um, than what you know that you didn't know that you wanted to know kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's a very good point. And that leads in very quickly into the different kind of ways, right? If you're going into uncharted territory or into the unknown, it's very hard to, to use a process of uh, waterfall, right? You need to have an agile process. But very often I see that we think that we have an agile process, but very often we actually haven't. So kind of be open and, and think about those things and... Uh, um, I think it also relates to you know some of the discussions that we had in previous uh, yeah. um, uh, episodes in the sense that um, you know we um, when we when we when we're choosing the project when we are choosing the use case that we're going to develop a value case for right, yeah you should be mindful of the fact that yes graphs are everywhere but you know don't don't effing put them everywhere all at once you know what i mean <laughs> it's uh you you kind of have to start small and and build it from there in order to maximize for success like like, you know? like a structured way right it's it's like Correct. any kid alone in the kitchen we all know how that's going to look when they make a cake it's going to be a complete mess if they do ca- uh, ingredients everywhere it's the same with graphs right think structurally make a cake make another cake and then all of a sudden you have seven different small cakes uh, which is a classical thing to do in Sweden I don't know if you have that uh, uh, in Antwerp I need to move I need to move to Sweden now (laughs) move here get some cake Uh, no but I think this idea of starting small and kind of expand from that initial minimal kind of use case or value case right and very often um or at least I did wrong totally in my life, right? I wanted to be competent. I learned in school that I need to be competent. I need to look good. I need to make things pretty. Very often, it's the exact opposite, right? It's the exact other way. Like, think of the value, right? Make it valuable. Does it solve uh, any problem easier or faster? Because that's the that's the money-making part, making it pretty. That's the easy part, but we over-index on... Uh, oh, it needs to look perfect, it needs to be good, and, and so on, instead of just looking for those things uh, in the beginning. So, and I think that's the cool part with graphs. It's like, it fits so good in this uh, approach. It's like, it ridiculously fits so good in this. And very often, this is also the, the problem with a lot of technology. You have a technology that is built for waterfall, and then you try to work with that technology in an agile way. So basically, 
there's a stretching going on here and the stretching part is you and your team yeah uh, and that is not nice we all know that well there are i mean maybe you can talk a little bit about you know some of the technical approaches yeah. uh, that 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 you can take here um I, I, I'm quite a quite a quite a quite a fan yeah. of of of, of com- making some considerate and, and deliberate uh, choices there because I know that you know the, the technical choices that you cre- that you make for any kind of graph solution are going to be important for you. There's no doubt about yeah. that, right? Um, so so maybe we can talk about that a little bit. And, and, uh, yeah. and the first thing the first thing that I would like to kind of um, uh, uh, articulate is um you know there's always many ways of building a graph solution i mean you can kind of see that in in the fj specifically you know there's drivers for java there's drivers for .NET, there's python for everything it's it's just you know there's so many ways that you can actually build a graph solution that sometimes you know you really have to kind of step back and say okay um, I need to kind of choose a direction that aligns with me, with our team's competencies, with our team's best practices. And and, and I think the, the, the main reason why you would do that is because in an inv- innovative pr- project like this, you really don't need and you didn't, really don't want to add any more uncertainty in your uh, in your environment. It's just... You know, just keep it simple, stupid. It's <laughs> I, I, I would really, really uh, uh, think about that um, and make sure that the technical approach that you that you choose for building the solution is in tune with your own organization. Yeah. You know, uh, that's the first thing that I would do for sure. Cool. Uh, any second topics that you can share? Uh, on I, that? Be careful because I might go off on a rant here. But uh, very good, less uh, <laughs> rant. I love this. Uh, uh, no, I, I think the second thing that I that I always think about is um, I know, and I have seen this time and time again, that graphs are um, very. You know, people can learn how to do graphs quite easily. You know, it's it's mm. not that difficult to learn graphs, right? Yeah. But you can always. Um, first of all, um, hit a brick wall, right? I mean, yeah. the first time that you do something, there's always something that goes wrong. The first time I, I tried to pump up the tires of my bike, I, I screwed it up. You know, it's like uh, what? The, the, it, no, but it's it's, a, it's it's like that Dunning Kruger effect, right? First you start, it's all easy, and then uh, it's all fun and game, and and you're up on that uh, the top or the peak of Mount Stupid, as I call it, and then you go into this valley of despair. And I think that's what you mentioned as as the brick wall. Uh, but how can we kind of get get out of that or well, uh, I mean, I think, re- I think reduce the pain of it? I, you know, it's pretty clear that with time, people can learn how to do graphs, but they can just avoid that brick wall and make the learning curve so much faster if they would just call in the experts for the expert topics you know it's yeah. not that i mean not that difficult it's not expensive there's a community out there that you know in many cases wants to help you out for free you know there's there's always a way to ask a question and i think the worst thing that you can do is to you know keep bumping into that brick wall and expect the wall to give 
You know, yeah. that's not going to happen. You know, you you you're going to have to figure out a way to get over or around the wall. Uh, yeah. And and you know that maybe that's you, you. Maybe you think that you know I will just learn this myself and I will get through it myself. But in my book, the more efficient way of doing that is just to hire an expert for an expert topic, you know, yeah. and that, you know, then you will have worked through this very quickly. You will have learned your lesson, you know, and next time you will not hit that wall again. So no. I think yeah. that's the second thing that I would definitely suggest here is, you know, don't be afraid of asking for help, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I and I, and I think uh, I, I'm going to actually repeat that. Don't be afraid because it's it's so inherent we want to be competent right so yeah. it's easy to say but i struggle with it all the time so maybe kind of remind yourself and work upon this in a safe environment with your team before so very good on that but then uh, is that all or do we have any kind of third topic uh, to do well I, I the last thing and it's very much related and i and i obviously i've i've, I've been thinking about this for a while but you know, if you're hiring um, or if you're looking for that um, uh, uh, expert ex uh, assistance, right? Um, I think you really need to uh, be careful on on how you structure that uh, assistance. You know, you you should really not expect uh, things like fixed price projects and those types of things. It's just not appropriate for an innovative project. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen this time and time again. I, I'm much more of a fan of this agile uh, yeah. way of working, where you know we 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 chunk it up into iterations, and we we make sure that every iteration adds value, uh, and we can also make sure that in every iteration we evaluate the, the the cost benefit, the risk structure of the the next iteration, and determine whether or not we want to continue with it, yes or no, right? Um, yeah. I, that's a much more sensible way of doing it. I've I've seen. You know, and it doesn't happen often anymore, but I've seen, you know, sp specifically, you know, large organizations, you know, yeah. they, they, they sometimes, or government organizations, they have this idea of, you know, let's put out an RFP, <laughs> right? That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite. Um, it, it's the box, right? Yeah. It's the table. Like yeah. it has and, to go in this. And, and, and it, it's very difficult. I think it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a, that type of approach really works well if you know all the ins and outs of your, yeah. of your, of your process. And in, when you're doing a graph value project, I think it's just more difficult. I'm not saying yeah. it's impossible, but I think it's more difficult and it's not to the benefit of your project. And you I know? think and, yeah. that's the part I would like to stress. Like you have a structure then that doesn't support what you're doing. And I think yeah. that's that's awfully painful in, in many cases. So you're adding friction to something that doesn't necessarily have to have friction, right? No. Uh, so I think uh, I think we've made so much progress now, um, both on the technical and on the functional side, to better understand, you know, how can you deploy uh, these types of solutions? And you know cool. yeah. I, I really think it's a it's it's something that is much better understood and that we can actually apply all of our knowledge uh, quite efficiently. But you mentioned deploy. I'm super curious to hear about your thoughts on uh, how to deploy. Like, should we go prem or in the cloud or what? what's going on? What well, do you think? I, I think like the last two years, this has changed dramatically in my world. Yeah. You know, it's uh, uh, what I've seen in the past two years has really kind of um, uh, 
overthrown and, and, and reinvented the way that people uh, can, can, can start using innovative technologies like graphs, you know, uh, very efficiently. Uh, and yeah, the, I think in, in, in the old days, we would, we would probably have recommended, you know, why didn't you grab an old laptop or a Raspberry Pi and <laughs> in, in, install, install the every day on it and have a go at it, right? That's yep. what we would have said in, you know, a decade ago. Yeah. Um, nowadays, and especially with, you know, all the investments that, are, that companies like NeoPJ are doing in it, you can just spin up a, a NeoPJ instance and be, be rocking and rolling in a couple of minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, the cloud de- uh, deployment model is so powerful, uh, has so many, uh, um, you know, cost advantages, but especially also, uh, um, I think, you know, innovation advantages, you know, you can just do these things, these things very quickly without having to order a server or find that Raspberry Pi, you can just spin it up, you know, and it doesn't, it's, it's literally dirt cheap these days. So I, I feel that, you know, for people that are trying to articulate and are trying to develop a valuable project with graphs, they should really consider that, you know, because it, again, you know, and the logic here is that by doing so, we dramatically reduce the perception of risk and and, and the costs of oh. that initial uh, deployment. And as a consequence, we make it so much easier for people to overcome that mental hurdle and to, to really start investing into these innovations. And I... I, I can't stress that enough. I think the, the what I've seen in the past couple of years is that all of the big enterprises, um, you know, have adopted this model, uh, are leaning into this model. Um, you know, there's always caveats, but I think it's really accelerated. Um, and I would, you know, recommend it to anyone. I think it's a, it's a yeah. fantastic way of uh, getting to value more quickly. Yeah, that's uh, super true, super true. Uh, and it was also nice that you touched upon a little bit of your, uh, or at least my favorite formula from uh, Prospect Theory, that kind of classical, that perception of value needs to be significantly higher than the cost plus perception of risk, right? Mm, uh, yeah. Such a good one. I, I spoke about it uh, yesterday at the university here in Stockholm. Oh, cool. uh, uh, so it's one of my favorite tools. So, so I think we've covered a lot here, uh, Stefan. It's been a fantastic yeah. journey. Um, and, uh, you know, and this episode was all about, you know, making sure that people are able to achieve the value. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations by now and uh, I had a great fun time uh, recording and, and, and discussing them with you. Um, obviously, there's more to be said about this. What? Yeah, and obviously, we can probably you know detail this and and make it a little bit more scientific or whatever. Yeah. Um, but for now, I think we are going to try and wrap up a an initial thought provoking set of exercises for people in our community. And I really, from the bottom of my heart, want to thank you for. Uh, going on this uh, journey with me. Yeah, uh, it, it was a nice roller coaster. Uh, and I learned a lot, and hopefully, all of you learned. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, in this. And if you haven't, uh, why? <laughs> Seriously, ask why, because that's going to be on you, right? Uh, because it's very often to go that we have this binary system. I didn't like it or not. 
that is of no interest for anyone that is curious, right? Yeah. Think about why didn't you like it? What happened inside you when we talked about presenting? If you hate presenting, why do you hate it? And so on. Why, why, why? Hey, Stefan, this was so much fun to do together with you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for tuning into these uh, series. Uh, hopefully, we'll be interacting with you a lot more uh, online or, or offline, maybe even uh, in the next couple of months. And uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation. Don't be a lonely document and talk to you next time. Relationship matters. Let's do it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Cheers.